This is Rebecca Fillmore, and I want to welcome you to Her Inspired Mind Podcast. Each week, I will be helping you strengthen your mind, be inspired, encouraged, and empowered. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you aren't yet, follow me on Instagram at Inspire Her Mindset for daily inspiration. Thank you for joining us, Shakia. Thank you for, we just pivoted, right? We were just talking about um, the day that we've had and, you know, yeah. we're here, right? We're here. We're here. Happy, happy, positive vibes. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So um, Shakia and I know each other. Uh, we used to work together and we used to have so many great conversations she would always share some nuggets with me and her story is just so powerful and i wanted to bring her on this evening because i believe that she has great things to share and great things to say so thank you so much shakia if you could just uh briefly introduce yourself to our audience here so they can get to know a little bit about you um shakia martin i have i'm the mother of three children naturally and one by love. Uh, they are Olivia's 24, Jared, my one by love is 22, Abigail is 21, and Joshua is, is 17. As oh. I like to say, I'm almost done. Yes, <laughs> I hear you. I, you know, it's funny because we both have 17 year old boys, except mm -hmm. mine is my oldest. And um, now I have the two year old. So I would have been in your boat, but you know, I just started all <laughs> over again. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, so if you could just, you know, share a little bit about your story, like where your journey started and um, so that we can get to know a little bit of your background. Oh, so um, I, I, don't know. I think I have what I thought was a typical upbringing like mm -hmm. it, it's just you know my brother and I talk about our life to our children and it, it's so far different and removed from the life that they live but for us it was normal and so I grew up with my grandmother um, my mom and my dad um, were both drug addicts um, mm -hmm. my dad sold drugs um, and so my grandmother raised us probably from the time, if I can remember right, I was like three or four, um, they, she raised us and, and my uncles, because my uncles lived there. He had a slew of, of uncles that were integral in our upbringing. Mm. We were brought up in church. Um, I, I went to two churches, sometimes three churches on the same Sunday. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you, you know, it was afternoon churches and morning churches, and they were all different, all different denominations mm -hmm. as well. Wow. So I, I can't say we were one denomination. We went to a Presbyterian church. I went to, a, I was a member of a Baptist church. And then we went to uh, what was Sunday mission, which was just uh, like a Sunday school for kids in the afternoon. Mm. Um, and so I, I got to, I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, so that's way different than my children being here in Lancaster. And, yeah. and so uh, I grew up in a, a tight knit community, even though it was Philadelphia. Like I grew up. Uh, with my neighborhood friends whose parents grew up together, um, whose parents all moved on to, uh, into the neighborhood at the same time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all shared the similar background. Our mm-hmm. parents all pretty much did the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess maybe growing up together, that's part of the reason. Uh, so yeah. we were all pretty much being raised partially by parents and partially by grandparents or other family members. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that's a little of, of my start. Got you. And, you know, how did, how did the dynamic affect you either in a negative way or a positive way, the way that you grew up? I think that's one of those things that is always unfolding with me. Because like I said, I, I considered my upbringing to be normal. Mm. It, it was a typical story. There was nothing about it that seemed not normal until I moved out of Philadelphia. And I moved around some different people. Did it not look normal at all? And so I think as I get older, the more I dive into my family, the more I dive into my experiences, my trauma, my um, discovering who I am, and why I do the things I do, I start to see those things and how they impact it. Um, I start to see the relationship that I had with uh, my father, who's no longer here, and what that plays on my children, my relationship with my mother, how that, how that impacted my children. And so I was the mom who never wanted to be like her parents. Mm-hmm. And so I was the mom who was like, we're going to do everything. And yeah, you can do every instrument you want to. I'll be at every concert. We're going to bake cookies on the holidays. We're going to do all this stuff. And my grandmother did that kind of stuff. We bake cookies every, every holiday, like that kind of stuff. But it was so important for me to be so engrossed in my children's lives, Um, Girl Scouts, things like that. Like it was so important for me to be front and center and for them to see me front and center. Um, And I think sometimes the older they have gotten and the, and the more that I know, the substitution isn't healthy. So mm-hmm. the, the wanting to be on the flip side is just as healthy, unhealthy as living through what I live through. Sometimes mm-hmm. the, the codependency we create in life mm-hmm. to people, people being codependent on us because we can create that yeah. or us being codependent on people and situations is unhealthy on both on both respects. And so there's that balance that I'm now trying to find in my life on what that looks like. And I, I have not achieved it yet. Yeah, gotcha. So um, when you say that codependency of, you know, the dynamic where your parents weren't there, so now you're doing the total opposite in your mind in a more positive way, um, how has that affected your relationship with your kids mm. and yourself as well? I think I pushed my kids. I, I, I really did push my kids to be mm. independent because mm. I, was a, I was a teen mom. I had my oldest when I was 17, and then I moved to Lancaster. Um, oh. So I moved completely away from my family. I moved to um, a group home to House of Risk Creation in Lidditz, in Coatesville, and in Lidditz. Mm. Um, and so... It was important for me to make them self-aware and independent. It was Mm. important for me to teach them the skills I felt like they needed for life because I didn't know what life was going to look like. I knew I didn't want it to look like mine. Yeah. So in my mind, I wanted to prepare them 
for everything. So they could not say, we didn't have the chance. We don't know. Like no one could ever say to them, did your mom teach you that? Because the answer was, yes, she did. And mm -hmm. that is unhealthy. Gotcha. And sometimes I think I put boundaries in place for them and expectations in place for them that were really stuff that I should have mm. had in my life that I didn't. And I wanted to make sure that they could not say they did. Gotcha. Um, and so it plays out differently in each kid. Like it, it has. And so my boundaries have swayed with each kid, the older they get and the more I know and mm. the older I grow. Um, it does change a little bit. Uh, I have two, my oldest and my youngest, for some reason, are almost exactly the same. Like they behave almost mm. exactly the same. And then I have the middle one that is like bubbly and, and she has just a completely different personality. And so even the thing of balancing how to interact with each of them gotcha. has been a learning experience because what do I know? I've been learning right along with them. And so yeah. I think the most important thing I learned is that there are no rules. There there really is no rules. And to say that I want to do something different than my family um, or to say that I don't want to raise my kids this way, um, sometimes those things are in place for a reason. Mm. And I can't discount the structure that it brings just because it didn't look the way that I wanted it to look. Mm. And that's something that I didn't learn until I moved out of it. Like yeah. I, it was, it was listening to other people, I think, and, and somehow, and, and I'm going to say this because I'm black. Yeah. My children are, my oldest is, is completely black, but my other two are half white. My first husband was, was white. Um, and so moving out of Philadelphia, I moved around people who were all white. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's a dynamic that was completely different because from their viewpoint, everything about the way I was raised was wrong. Mm. Um, it just, it didn't mesh up. And so trying to find a place in my culture, their culture, and then raise children in both of their culture and, and both of those cultures have been in a very interesting dynamic. I'm wow. not sure that I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I think like it's important that um, that we recognize, you know, childhood trauma or the way that we're raised, we can either go one or two ways, right? We can either continue to teach our kids and raise our kids the way that we were raised, mm -hmm. or we can go to that opposite spectrum, right? And you just never know how that's going to turn out. Um, I think as as parents, especially as mothers, like, sometimes we feel like failure sometimes we you know we're like because i grew up in a very strict home and going to church i didn't go to three churches in one day but <laughs> but i know all about you know being like that structure and and you know and i think that's important that the fact that you're talking about this um because i think when we work together we talked a lot about um our sons because they were so close in age and the things we would go through with them because you're like, man, it's, it's really a figure it out on the way as you go thing. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you feel like are some things that you've learned in your journey as a mother that, you know, you feel like other mothers, uh, could learn uh, from. <laughs> I, I this is this is a hard one because I feel like I'm just learning this lesson uh, okay. at at 42. 
Yeah. Um, and it's that perfection is not real because mm -hmm. you could not tell me that before. My oh. whole life was living to be perfect um, mm -hmm. uh, to a situation or to a person. And so I did raise my kids with that. Like, there's no excuse. There mm -hmm. is no, there's no limit. There's, you can't tell me you can't, you didn't, whatever. Like, we'll figure it out. Um, and with, with that boy of mine, <laughs> <laughs> that is the example of perfection is not real. And so I have to, I've had to learn to stop looking at myself through the eyes of perfection, but also to stop requiring it from my children. And, you know, the oldest two, I don't know that I can help because they've already lived through that one. But, but yeah. this other one, um, just taking a deep breath and really going, is this something that I can change? Mm -hmm. Is this something that I need to change? Um, yeah. And not me, not like, is this something that I can change for him? Is this something that I need to change for him? Is this a lesson he's going to have to figure out? Is this, you know, is this just him? Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, this is just him and I need to adjust myself instead of coming from the lens of how can we work this out and figure this out because something has to change here. And mm. so I think he has taught me the most in everything doesn't have to look right mm. and everything doesn't have to go by a timeline. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I'm going to be frustrated and I just need to take a breath because he is who he is and that's just going to be it. And it's okay. Yeah. I don't have to understand. I don't have to understand 100% of anything to still be his parent. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a lesson that I am learning today as we just got through summer school. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand how you didn't pass a class and you had all <laughs> summer to do it. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. But you're going to work this out next year. Your counselor is going to work this out. And as a mother, I'm going to take a deep breath and you're going to live through this. Yeah. Um, and just dropping that. It's not dropping the expectation. It's just dropping how I respond to it. Gotcha. Because this could have went a completely different way. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess it's that thing of giving grace. Mm. I'm learning to give grace at 42, mm. um, where I don't know that I did that before. Mm. Beautiful. You know, it's funny that you're touching on this subject because I was thinking about that earlier because with my son, when he, I feel like the 15 through 16 was like the, like, I felt like a complete failure. I'm like, how can I help everybody else? I can't help my own son. Yeah. I'm thankful. Like the, some of the things that you said are key, like meeting him where he's at, no, letting him be who he is mm -hmm. and knowing that he's going to deal with things in the way that he can. And I feel like those are some great nuggets. Um, later on, maybe we can have a deeper discussion on that subject because um, raising kids is hard. Being a single mother, even harder. Um, living in a blended family is hard, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, like you said, it's, it's those shifting points when you're parenting um, that you learn along the way, but mm -hmm. we can share with other, other mothers um, mm -hmm. and other as they go but definitely knowing that we are all different that we don't have to be on opposite spectrums and and that grace grace man it's grace. important it is so yeah and that perfection right mm -hmm. and that's us acting out of trauma because that's i used to feel like i was never enough mm -hmm. i did good enough mm -hmm. uh, you know it, it's definitely something that 
you think you're doing things differently, but then you're you're not. Except doing the same, but just in a different way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly it. That it, it, it's like it's like having a partner or having a spouse, and and you two are, you know, trying to have a conversation about folding clothes, mm -hmm. and you fold one way and he folds the other, and now the <laughs> both of you are back and forth about how to fold these clothes. The point is, you're both getting it folded, yes. but neither one of you can see it. It's yes. the same way with raising kids, and it's not quite that simple, but um, but it is. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, now, if you could share what, what was like a really uh, low point in your life and how did you shift that to where you are today? Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, I've had, I've had <laughs> a lot of low points in my life. And, and so, and I'm probably not done having low points in my okay. life. And I think that's the most amazing thing about living yes. um, is that you get to experience those things. And I think that's just growth with me saying that right now, you get to experience those low points and mm -hmm. they're important. And we like to say, like, we, we never like to be there. Um, but like, I've been married twice. I've been divorced twice. I've been a single mother. I've been a, a mother, you know, with a spouse. I've been homeless. I've been like sleeping on a friend's couch, a front floor. Like those are all low moments. Mm -hmm. But in each of those moments, there is so much that you need to get out of it. And mm -hmm. so it's not just how do you pick yourself back up? That's only part of it. It's the lesson that you need to learn in there. It's the facing yourself in those moments. Yeah. It's not the, like, it's not the, I'm homeless. How do I get a house? Mm -hmm. That's one thing. But no, it's, it's all the nuggets. What got you here? Mm. How did you get here? What yeah. are you thinking about yourself while you're there? Um, mm. Because we can all go to survival mode. Mm -hmm. But survival mode doesn't fix anything. Survival mode doesn't teach you a lesson either. It's the, let me really take a look at myself. And sometimes it means that you have to take a look at your family history to know where you came from. Because sometimes the, the things that we consider low moments are really just generational cycles. Mm -hmm. And that is important because if I can see how I got here, see what my thinking was in the moment that might have led me here, led to here, what am I thinking while I'm here, then I can start to shift my thinking to mm. get out of it. Um, and it's, it's that thing, uh, and I, I have an old pastor, um, Ruby Jones, who would say this all the time, like, it doesn't matter where you move, because you're going to take you wherever you go. Mm. And it's true. And it's the same thought with your thinking, unless my thinking shifts, my situation will completely continue to uh, to cycle mm. and those cycles are something those cycles yeah. are those things that you want to you want to stop and and so I think I'm at a point in my life where every low that I've had I've gotten out of because my mind my mindset has shifted mm. and it's those things of confronting yourself and sometimes it seems so simple but it's so hard um, I had a woman's group and we haven't met for quite a while now but the one thing we would continuously talk about was forgiving yourself. Mm. And sometimes getting out of cycles are just as simple as forgiving yourself, but it's the hardest thing to do because to forgive yourself, you have to confront 
you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not be the current version of you that's here now. I might be in a cycle of a felt relationship, a felt marriage because of something that happened in my childhood or mm-hmm. that happened in my teenage years. And so it's going back to those points in your life. Um, and what you do is you just go back to those things that come to your head. Like we all like to play that we don't know what's going on, but our, our head and our heart tells us all the time, you know what you're feeling. And so maybe it's, you know, I did not do good in this relationship because the things he said reminded me of something that my father said. Um, mm. And it could be, it seems so simple, but it's not when you're hurt. It's not yeah. when that's a trigger. Um, yeah. And so it's it's going back to that point and, and loving on yourself from that point. Mm-hmm. And maybe saying the things that you wish you would have said then, defending yourself the way you wish you would have then, and then going we, we don't live there anymore. I yeah. don't live at that point anymore. This is where I am and I need to be present for me mm-hmm. now. And so that's pretty much the way I've gotten myself out of every low point. And then you have a team of people. We mm-hmm. all need a team of people. We need people that will speak life into us. We need people that will help us when we're down. We need people that will tell us the truth, no matter mm-hmm. how much it hurts. Um, and when you get those people, you, you keep those people. But you do realize that some of those people are just there for the cycle as well. Mm. And that's important to know. <laughs> yes. Wow, yes. That is so true. Sometimes we think people are going to be in our lives forever. And sometimes they aren't, you know, and it hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, it hurts that maybe um, people that we were really close to and that we love dearly, Mm-hmm. And then they just drop off. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, hey, I thought we were going all the way together, you know? Yes. But it's a, it's a, it's a part of growth. It is mm-hmm. a part of growth. Everyone is not meant to be with you through every part of your life. They're just not. It is seasons to it. The Bible is very clear about seasons, and that is very true. There are seasons to people. There are seasons to things in your life. There are seasons to problems in your life. There are things that have pledged you forever that you think will continue, but it won't. It has a season. It has an expiration date. And mm-hmm. so we need to be mindful of what we hold on to because mm-hmm. we could be doing two things. Either you could be stopping your own growth or you could be stopping that person's growth. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's deep. And this is why I love talking to you, girl. I <laughs> guess <laughs> the wisdom. Yeah. Um, so... What are like so you you talked about when you've been in your low points in life and you you've talked to yourself and you, and you made yourself look at yourself forgiving yourself um like what are some things that you do on a regular that continue to keep that kind of mindset cuz not everybody has that mindset a lot of times when people go through their low points like you said they keep going in those cycles you know they keep going in those same things so if someone right now is watching and they're currently going through some low things, what are some, some things you could share that maybe they could incorporate in their lives or things that you realized up until this point? Because we continue learning, right? We continue. Yes, we do. But um, that you feel are, have been um, very important in your life. Mm-hmm. So prayer, prayer is always important. Prayer is 
very important. And, and prayer is a simple conversation. It's, yeah. it, it, it's not something that you need to know. And, if, and, and I have people who say, like, I don't know how to pray. Prayer mm-hmm. is all over the Internet. So you <laughs> can Google a prayer for almost anything that you want to pray for, and you will either find it in, in words where you can print it out and keep it with you, or YouTube, I, in the morning, when I wake up, before I grab my phone, I try not to grab my phone, um, and, and start scrolling, because we can all do that, but I have a moment of gratitude. I wake up, I thank God, I thank, I thank my, my ancestors, I thank everyone for just being awake and just having this day. And then I claim my abundance for today. Today is gonna be abundant. I'm gonna be abundant in every area of my life today. I thank you, God, for showing me how good it can get in every area of my life and in my dreams. Um, Just those kind of things. And then if I don't have a prayer that comes to my head or I feel like I I just can't seem to get the words together, YouTube, I I made a playlist. There's Mm. prayers. And every time I see one I like, I just add it to the playlist. And then I just go put it on my TV and let it play while I'm getting dressed. Um, and I and I touch and agree, and and that's just it. It can be just that simple. But prayer is such a big part of my life. Um, worship is a big part of my life. Uh, meditation's a big part of my life. I can pray, I can pray, I can pray. But if I can't sit to hear, mm. then I don't receive anything. And so I need to be on the hearing end of it as well. And meditation allows me to do that. It just allows me to sit quietly. Uh, my kids laugh, but I, I just took a picture of hugging a tree. But hugging trees are completely grounding. Yeah. Um, so if you're not embarrassed, take your shoes off, walk outside, and hug a tree. And yeah. just feel connected to the earth. Um, and just spend a moment there, just being grateful that you have that sense of touch. Mm-hmm. Um, gratitude is huge. Gratitude really will shift your life. It mm. will shift the atmosphere to just proclaim uh, proclaim how grateful you are for things. And it could be little things. It doesn't have to be huge. But those are just pivotal ways to shift your mindset. When you shift your mindset, you really do shift everything around you. And also be mindful because we ask God for some things that we are not ready to receive. and so when we talk about people coming and going in our life, like if you're praying prayers to say, Lord, you know, like I want, or I, you know, you know, I want what's for my highest good. It might not be the people in your life. So if you see people um, exiting massly in your life, well, you pray for it. So be mindful that what you pray for, what you ask for, what you, be- what you ask for, you need to believe for also can't keep asking God for stuff that you don't believe for. But when you ask for it, believe for it, but also watch the way that it comes because it may not come the way you thought. And so you have to be ready for that. I'm also really good at scripting. I write out what I think. I write out what I would like in a form of, I thank you God for, and I get very detailed. If it's a new job, I just got a new job actually. If it's a new job, it's I thank you God for, this job with coworkers who are going to be supportive, with coworkers who are going to be whatever, where I get to travel, where I get to use X, Y, and Z skills, write that out. And then I have a box that I keep them in. I put them in a box and I forget them. Mm. And then every once in a while you go back and you look and you go, 
yes, this this happened, that happened, that happened. I also do, um, you do it also, because I, I saw vision boards. Yes. I do vision boards because it's important, and I typically do them um, on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. and then I pray, I ask God, what is my vision for the next year? Give me some words. Give me some words for the next year. And then I go, and it, and I just felt like I needed to do a new one. So I need to, I don't typically do them halfway through the year, but something is saying you need to set a new vision. And yeah. so I'm going to set some time aside to do a new board. Um, yeah. But it's always wonderful to look back at the end of the year and go, you've been faithful. You have been faithful. And this is manifested in my life. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. I love it. No, that's <laughs> it. like changing your mindset is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk about and I've shared, like, I've had those moments where, like, I was very severely depressed and mm-hmm. panic attacks all the time, suicidal. And, you know, working on my mind has been the best thing I could ever do because yeah. now I help other people shift their mindset and help them and break that curse of that heaviness. But it's hard. It's definitely it's hard. started on that path, but there is no lack of resources mm-hmm. and you know i love what you said prayer prayer i mean even if you're not a believer you can't do this on your own you can't do this thing called life um you know like i grew up in a very religious organization later on come to realize they have very cult like things right mm-hmm. and you know i never felt the holy spirit before and once I did I couldn't deny that fact you know and it makes me sad sometimes because people have turned away from a relationship with God because they were in a religion and a lot of people don't understand that difference in dynamic religion versus relationship but um yeah like that prayer that meditation that gratitude and like we can shift our lives in such a positive way by what we put into it like we eat <laughs> we yes. eat through our eyes we eat through our ears we eat through what we speak yes. like it's constant you know so i love all of that that you shared you know and yes. um, is there anything else that you would like to share that you feel on your heart um that you feel is important that uh someone that might be watching might need to hear right now yeah, I think just being okay with growth, just being okay with change mm-hmm. and not allowing yourself to go, this is what I used to, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Um, because you are every day, every day is a new day. And, I, and I, I'm very big on every day is a new day. Every day I woke up, it's a new opportunity. He said, his grace and mercy is here for me every day. His grace and mercy can be here, but if I'm not extending that to myself, then that doesn't matter because I won't receive it. But also um, not letting other people hold you to what you used to be and who you used to be. And I don't care if you was that two days ago, that was two days ago. And today is a new day. And and being okay with who you're becoming, Mm. even if it doesn't look like who you were, it shouldn't look like who you were. and then let those people go. Yeah. Let those people go. Let those thoughts go. 
and let anything go that wants to keep you where you were. Be as different as you want to be. Be as weird as you want to be. Um, just be okay being yourself. I've gotten to a point where I am okay being myself and yeah. what that looks like. And that has been a journey. Mm. That has absolutely been a journey from my hair to my, to my clothing, to my just space in general. Um, just being okay with all the things that make me me. Um, and that's important. And it is that everyday process to be okay with yourself. I love it. Yes. Um, I feel like a lot of times we live our lives to please others, whether it was mm -hmm. our grandparents, our children, like just living. People don't realize how much that weighs you down when you're just living for everyone else. Yeah. And of us are guilty of that i was guilty of that most of my life mm -hmm. and now that i'm okay with no this is what i like this is how i'm gonna be it's just so freeing because we live in a world that comes from people seeking validation mm -hmm. we want to feel accepted we want to feel wanted we want to feel loved but when you do that for yourself when you validate yourself when you put your stamp on it you're just like this is me i yeah. like me. i love me if you don't I don't need your approval. How yeah. free is that, right? It, it's free. It's so free. It even goes as far as like my kids and I just went away for the weekend and uh, just the pictures that I posted on social media. Now I posted those pictures um, because that was our fun. Yeah. And then when you think about, well, did I smile right? Was my mm -hmm. clothes right? Was my, and I had to say, girl, cut it out. <laughs> do you remember the memory that went along with that picture whether someone is going to like it or not like it whether you thought your hair looked perfect or it was blowing in the wind or it just looked crazy do you remember the time that you had to go along with that picture because that's all that matters yes and when I gave myself the permission to let go of what did these pictures look perfect for social media it was a whole different experience but yeah. even those small things that we don't think about that weigh so heavily on us, um, yeah. just be free. Yeah. And, and that's important that you said, even those small things, because it starts with the small things. Mm -hmm. Like talk about shifting your mindset. It starts with small things. Like you mm -hmm. have to have conversations with yourself, right? You do. I, I always tell like uh, my clients and stuff, I'm like, you have to, like you're with you all the time like, there's thoughts that we have that nobody else would ever know that we have mm -hmm. we have to talk to ourselves the most and convince ourselves the most mm -hmm. uh, and you know i i love like you said it's an everyday thing like just because maybe you're doing better now it doesn't mean that every so often those negative thoughts those old habits try to creep in and that's why it's important that you do those things every single day mm -hmm. because when we don't we go to default yeah. we do <laughs> and it's very true out of your mouth your heart speaks yeah and so you'll know because you're speaking and you'll know exactly what's in your heart by what's coming out of your mouth mm. and so you can check yourself you don't yeah. need someone else to check you you don't need someone else to figure it out you know exactly what you're feeling and where you are at the moment. And then that prayer meditation comes in. I put my hand over my heart and I go, check in. How are you feeling at this moment? Or if something happens, it's a check in. Why? Why is that weighing on you? Why did the thing that that person say 
mm-hmm. affect you the way that it did. And it could be something as simple as maybe, you know, you were fixing something at work or, or, or copying something at work and your boss said something about, oh, no, this doesn't look right or the paper doesn't look straight. And it just kind of hits you a certain way. Yeah. And I have to check in and go, well, girl, like she didn't say anything. Why is that impacting you the way it is? And so those those simple, quiet conversations with yourself uh, will reveal a lot. Yeah. And that's important. That's that's reflection, right? We mm-hmm. That's a thing in the mirror. It's the same way we would look in the mirror. If we would see our mouth is dirty. We're not going to be like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. No, you take something, you clean it off, right? Mm-hmm. Not beat ourselves up. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and he was talking about like, as human beings, like animals don't have the capability of being able to reflect, of being able to look inward. Like we, that's a gift that we have. And that reflection is to help us to be better, to do better and, and not to, to bring ourselves down. Right. Right. Absolutely. I think the other thing I would say and this has taken um, a very, very long journey. It's still a long journey. Yeah. Um, is is the importance of one self love. Mm. Self love is is ultimately important. And I remember a time in my life where I hated when someone said, "But well, you just need to have a little bit more self love," because mm. I thought, "What does that look like?" Yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> tell me the magic formula for what self love looks like, but it is ultimately very true that you have to have self-love for yourself um every day and it's a struggle yeah it is a struggle but also um the transformation that comes and i want to think of how we're going to say this when you free up space Mm-hmm. And so we do this. I know I do this. I did this with my kids forever. Christmas comes and you you, you get rid of stuff to get stuff. Mm. When you change your summer clothes over, you get rid of stuff, you get stuff. But it's so important in all of your environments that you do that. But your mind as well, your yeah. life as well. And so yeah. for my for my ladies group, I would use the analogy of... um. You asking for a car, you want a new car. You got Mm -hmm. this old car, it's in the garage, it doesn't work. You keep asking for a new car and you keep wondering why the new car isn't coming. Yeah. And finally you get the new car, but you have nowhere to put it because Mm -hmm. you still haven't gotten rid of the old car. Come on. It's it's the same. It's you can't expect things to come if you haven't freed up the space for it. And I fight with myself all the time because I'm a person who has like the other side of my bed. It's like the free space in my room. Yeah. And so it holds everything. And I go, but that space is, is, is taken. Mm. So you need to clear that space. What are you expecting in your life that you have clutter in? Mm. What do you keep asking for that hasn't shown up? Yeah. Look at that and then look at what's holding the space. What is taking the space of that thing? And typically you will find your answer. Um, and so I've tried to be mindful of that in my life. When my life feels a little cluttered, when the things that I am manifesting doesn't seem like it's coming to be, girl, what's taking the space of that stuff in your life? And when you can work through that, and sometimes it's a process. I have sat with my bed and I have gone, 
it should take you five minutes to clear this stuff and you are two hours later and this is still sitting here. So yeah. what are you struggling with at the moment? Um, and it's just those conversations. Yeah. But it's a meaning to everything in life. It's yeah. a meaning to why you keep struggling with this thing. And so when you get to that, you free it up and you free up your space and the things that need to come have a place to come. Wow. Mic drop on that one, girl. Thank you. For <laughs> thank you for that. I love that. I love that. Well, I just want to thank you for your time, for your wisdom, for your words, um, and for giving me the opportunity to interview you um, and for bearing with me with our technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. But life, right? We just pivot. We just figure it out along the way, yeah. right? Because nothing is perfect, right? No. <laughs> So I just want to thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, we have some really, let me look at the comments here. Um, Stephanie said, um, is not dropping expectations, dropping how to respond. She said, I have to write that down, <laughs> how to respond. And then she also said, this is very powerful. So. As I always say, you know, it's the power of one, you know, when we do yeah. these, um, it's to pour into other women, it's to empower other women, uh, to build community. And um, uh, actually, before we end, can you share with us a little, like, what, what are you currently doing now? Um, you know, just so where, you're, I, where you're going. <laughs> Lord knows where I'm going. but. <laughs> Uh, so we met at the district, and so I was working for the school district of Lancaster. So I've just ended 11 and a half years working for them, and I have taken a position um, as the executive assistant for the CEO for the Boys and Girls Club of Lancaster. So completely new journey, completely new direction. I thought it was going to be free of kids, but I found myself working in the clubs for the last couple of weeks. So uh. <laughs> not... <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but I also um, have a small business. I make um, waist beads um, and anklets, bracelets, things like that. Um, to really, it, to me, it started as an empowerment for myself that has now grown into um, being able to branch out and use those things to empower other women. And so it has been a phenomenal thing. Um, where do I see myself going? I think I see myself growing my business, but um, I think down the line, I see myself maybe being a speaker somewhere. I don't know. I also would like to do a YouTube channel um, as like uh, for a craft and chat because I love to craft. So a craft and chat about life and, and religion and spirituality and, and those topics all rolled in together. Awesome. Okay. I love Love it all. So if any ladies would like to support your business, um, how could they get a hold of you? Send me, send me a Facebook message or Instagram message because I'm on both of those. I'm still working on that whole business page. Haven't got there yet, but Facebook message or Instagram. My Instagram is Brekia2000, B-R-E-K-I-A 2000. And my Facebook is Shakia Natasha. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being here. Uh, appreciate your time. You. I look forward to just maybe later on bringing you back and then we give everyone an update later on down the road. Yes, thank you so much. Absolutely. You have a good night.
you too. Okay, bye-bye.